everyone, and welcome to Three Speech, the entertainment podcast that also follows the rule of three. I am your host, Jamie. And it has literally been a millennia since we have done this, or at least that's what it feels like. And we do apologize. There were many things that were happening, some good, some not so great. Uh, but we are we are back now. We were supposed to be back on Tuesday, but we had some extreme technical issues. And I believe we ended the day by Lynn saying, Skype is dead to us. Was that not what you said? <laughs> Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And speaking to about other things and people that may be dead to us, I I guess we haven't recorded in three months. Oh and my god! My sister was going to unsubscribe. <gasps> and I yelled at her. Yeah. Rightfully so. That's just rude. I am offended. That's what I, I, that was exactly what I said to her. I go, look, you know what's been going on. You know how busy Jamie and I have been. I mean, not to mention. One of the seven listeners. Right, exactly. Unsubscribe. I mean, you know, just as like a, a small, you know, sampling of things. Like not only were we like on my end dealing with the end of the school year, but then I got bronchitis for three solid weeks. And then you ran and finished the Boston Marathon. And I know like the weeks and days leading up to that, you you were doing nothing but marathon stuff. So, I mean, I I don't know. I was super grumpy, super, super grumpy as well. So I wouldn't have been any fun to do any type of recording with because it was all I could think about was running. Yeah. Two quick questions. Two quick questions about that. Yeah. One, how did it feel to cross the finish line? amazing and yeah. it was a great feeling and i was running the entire time going hey i'm running a marathon <laughs> like it was it was i'm just on like a boat that. like <laughs> i'm i'm running a marathon like it's 10 miles in i'm like i'm running a marathon and then like 16 miles i'm like you're still running a marathon <laughs> and then as i got closer i'm like you're gonna finish this marathon wow i love that that was your inner voice the whole time <laughs> Yeah, you get delirious to oh, the yeah. point where um, I was trying to project my time when I was at 20 miles because I'm like, okay, you have 6.2 miles left. You've been running for this long. I can't do math when I'm clear. So me <laughs> trying to do math while I hadn't had any solid food for seven hours is oh my like, God. No, yeah, it was not not the best time to be thinking of okay, if I'm running this minute mile and I take me this and I do that, it's, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's bad. Wow. Okay, second question. Would you do it yes. again? I have signed up to do the Chicago Marathon in October. And so, is that, that's yes. the same length? Yes. Yes. And it's, uh, the only, the, the difference with Chicago is it is mostly flat which will be oh. nice and you're actually I'm actually going to be running like through the city like the actual city so like around skyscrapers different so um, you'll have like stuff to look at exactly and so the, the monologue will be like fuck. I'm running a marathon there's a building I'm running a marathon there's yeah. a tree there's another 
there's another building. Yeah. I'm running a marathon. I think this is where Batman Begins was filmed. Oh, you know, like, that's a good one. Like that's that. a good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah stuff like that. Oh. But like the Boston Marathon, it starts in the suburbs. Uh-huh. And you basically are running through the suburbs until you get to mile, I don't know, 22. Did you see any dogs? Oh, so many dogs. Okay, well, there's that. So there's dogs. dogs. Yeah. yeah. So many dogs. So many people out in their yards because uh, it is a holiday it's a weird massachusetts only holiday it's patriots day mm-hmm. and so don't they just people, call it marathon monday at this point like it's they do yeah they should and just stop pretending just, that the holiday is for any other reason than that and it's like it's basically like most holidays an excuse to get drunk so <laughs> especially uh, in massachusetts have, i love yeah. massachusetts dearly but like every holiday is an excuse to get drunk <laughs> It's so, it's like so ridiculous and, you know, I'm not an elite runner, so you start a little later when you're not expected to win the marathon. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I started at maybe 1130 and everyone was already wasted. So you had... By 1130 a.m.? A.M. Oh my God. We're talking, everyone's just screaming. Stay classy, Boston. We are a classy... Group oh, I love just, it. Um, I love it so yeah, much. It's, I mean, it's exactly what you'd expect. Yeah. And, uh, no, it doesn't I mean, surprise just, me at all. I haven't lived I, in Boston for over 10 years, and it doesn't surprise me in the least. No, no. And there were so many Dunkin' Donuts. I was counting the Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, that's a really good game to play. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. that's great. That's funny. All right. So here's the plan. It's been three months. Right. We have missed a lot of stuff that we still want to talk about, right? We still we still want to handle these mm-hmm. things, right? Because some of them are really important as entertainment things go. So we're going to eschew our normal, you know, format for today. And we are going to do for this episode 36, the great review extravaganza. We have eight separate things to review, I believe, some of which I have only seen and or played and some of which you have only seen. And then we have saved for the end the things that we have both seen so that we can kind of, you know, both comment on them and and do our little back and forth. So we are also recording in OBS now, which is like a type of technology that is significantly above my head. So you can let us know if it uh, sounds better and or worse than Skype, but Skype might be dead to us. So hopefully OBS can pick up the slack. One cool thing is that we now have access to a soundboard. So I can do this. Or or I can make duck noises. (laughs) Ducks. Yep. So that's something new and wonderful that we never had access to before. So that's that's cool. I feel really cool doing that. I'm not going to lie. Also, it's a really good segue into our first two reviews of the day because I can do this. Because Alin is about to review a bad movie. <laughs> that worked pretty well, right? That was yes, a good I, one. It, it did. And, you know, it tells you how long that we've recorded because the movie I'm going to review was out in the theaters and is now on Disney Plus. And I still haven't so, seen it. But I also don't have a Disney Plus sub anymore, so, you know, like I'd have to get it on Redbox and that's a whole thing and, you know, I'm saving my Redbox coupons for other stuff that I want to see, you know? So anyway. It, 
It's the third Ant-Man. Yes. Ant-Man. I was going to say, why don't you tell the people what they're in for? Yeah. And we are... Like, I'm already like Ant-Man in the West, Quantumania. Yeah. Um, All right. Like, so, we've we've talked a lot about Marvel recently and how Marvel has real t- really, like, taken a doo-doo, you know, recently. And then yeah. there's been some kind of, like, few bright shining spots. I mean, the most recent one that comes to mind is that Spider-Man, but that's, that was a while ago. Um, th- this one I hear is especially bad. Yeah, it's it's one of those that... Recently, when I watch a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. every time I'll read a review, it will say this is the lowest reviewed Marvel movie in all of the cinematic universe. Really? So that happened with that happened with Thor. And I actually liked Love that Thor. Thunder. Yeah, I, I didn't mind that one. Um, you know, I, I thought it was, I mean, I understood all of the complaints about it, but I didn't think it was a terrible right. movie. Like, I wouldn't have wanted to put it into the category of a Lynn Reviews Bad Movies. So I'm actually kind of happy that something else is worse than that now. <laughs> And and that was, you know, now that is Ant-Man and Quantumania. Mm-hmm. Quantumania is the worst reviewed of, of all time. Uh, and, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, that did not replace it, surprisingly. I shouldn't say surprisingly. Thankfully, it didn't replace that. So we are taking a little bit of turn. But remember, the Marvels comes out in November. And from the, that trailer... I don't even want to see that movie. Yeah, it looks That's pretty terrible. Thing. I'm just, yeah, I'm so, I'm just like, oh, because I'm one of the people that still goes to the theaters, and it's mostly because other people will ruin the movie. Isn't it the funny how we have to, like, design it. our whole lives around other people's failures? <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, it felt, and this this speaks for the movie, because we're going to talk about Cocaine Bear. Mm. I remember more about Cocaine Bear than I do about Quantum Mania. Oh, geez. What I, it, it seems like a Star Wars ripoff. Oh, okay. Explain how. Just the the world building that oh. they were doing, and and for anyone who hasn't seen it or doesn't want it to be spoiled, I'm not gonna give like any. I'll, I'll if you've seen the trailer, you know that they go into the multiverse. Mm-hmm. So. They go, sorry, not the multiverse. They go into the quantum realm. Mm -hmm. See how, like, underwhelming it is? It's like, (laughs) uh. Um, So they go into the quantum realm, and a lot of the quantum realm looks like they've recycled sets from, like, the Phantom Menace. Really? And Attack of the Clones. Yes. Like, I'm like, oh, there's, it's, it's, it's one of those things where there's so much potential, right? Mm-hmm. When we talked about the multiverse and the way that you can do things. So when you're thinking in the quantum realm, there's so much potential, but it looks just like Star Wars. Okay. So on like the surface, a- that doesn't seem terrible. It just seems cheap, but it doesn't seem terrible. So on the surface, I'm like, okay, Star Wars, okay. But? <laughs> it was just so... And this, once again, for all for all Marvel movies of recent time, you get Jonathan Majors as Kang, who was glimpsed in Loki. Right. And this, this is a whole Jonathan. thing now with him because... That's what... So this came out before all of that happened. Right. And 
shortly before. I mean, it wasn't something. But the problem is they've built any follow-up on his shoulders. Oh, God. So if they have to, like, let him go, th- this is this is major fallout then, basically. Yes. there's. I mean, I don't know if they're going to pull a Don Cheadle, Terrence Howard, like they yeah. did in Iron Man and replace Rhodesy. Okay, they could. Um, they could. They absolutely could. And I think people would understand why. Yeah. And he did an amazing job. Aww. And I will say that the, you know, the villains in recent Marvel movies have been acting their butts off. Yeah. And they, it's as though he's in a completely different movie. I heard that any- the the high evolutionary was also really, really well acted. And there have been some people who have suggested that that guy could come in and play Kang because he doesn't really look like himself in Guardians 3. So like he could kind of like come in and look like himself and then he would, it wouldn't, it wouldn't appear as if he played two roles. Do you know what I mean? No, they could, they could absolutely do that. And that's what I mean. Like the villains are just spot on mm-hmm. even when you you look at like christian bale mm-hmm. oh yeah he was movie. great yeah right he it's was like, almost like wasted uh yeah exactly yeah and that's what you feel like when you're watching this is you're thinking to yourself they're really wasting uh jonathan majors and unlike unlike infinity war and endgame i feel like there's no stakes mm-hmm. anymore is it because of this, like, because... quantum realm thing is just so out of our, like, I don't know, it's just so weird and different that it feels disconnected? It, it It's that, but it's also the fact that they're building up to something bigger. Mm-hmm. But whether or not, you know, King is successful in this has no direct impact onto what's going to happen. Oh, it's going to take a few more steps to get there. And you don't feel like... Remember when Robert Downey Jr. died in yeah. Endgame? Yeah. It it was shocking. Mm-hmm. And you were like, whoa, anyone, anyone of this cast is expendable mm-hmm. if they're taking down Iron Man. You're watching this and you know everybody's going to come out okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it just really, like, there's some good cameos, wasted cameos, in, in my opinion, if you're going to have certain individuals make a pop-in to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, even the, the post-credit scenes were, were underwhelming. No. There's just, you know, the, the whole idea of the movie is they get sucked into the... I should have gone through this. They get, uh, you know, sucked into the quantum realm separated of course right so you have uh scott is with his daughter cassie Mm -hmm. and then you have hank pym janet and hope together and they're trying to meet each other and find each other and there's a whole backstory about what janet was doing in the quantum realm that entire time it's a weird backstory it's also a weird why wouldn't you have told them this sort of story? Like she didn't tell them until right now at this time. Yeah. Until they get back in the quantum realm. Oh yeah. That is bizarre. Right. And like, cause she says to them, they're trying to figure things out. And of course they accidentally 
get sucked into the quantum realm. And it's of like, course. well, maybe you should have told them not to mess around with the quantum realm if that's what was there. Mm. So know, it just, yeah, yeah, it just, it wasn't. Feels like there's a lot of narrative of, issues, like big holes here. Right. And I mean, Paul Rudd's doing his best, but they really made his character one dimensional. Yeah, he's kind of he like quirky in. and goofy and really playing that up sometimes. And he loves his kid. Right. Yeah. And he loves his kid. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's all we we know about him. Mm hmm. So it's just it's just kind of it's just kind of a mess. Yeah. So right. I didn't really enjoy it. I know so I don't feel like you're missing anything. Like oh, I, if you didn't if you skip this, it wouldn't impact any ability to understand anything that has happened since. And I say that just because there's been one movie. So if, after it, right? It, but if they do continue with the Kang storyline, are you going to want to go back and watch this to see how that started, or do you think you could just pick it up from a subsequent movie? You can pick it up from oh. a subsequent movie. Oh, oh, it's like it, yeah, ooh, it's a really simple explanation. Okay, okay, that's fair. All right, anything else? Yeah. Final thoughts? No, I mean. Oh, here's another thing. The movie was not good because Michael Pena wasn't in it. His yeah, I heard somebody else say that too. Like they really could have used him in his little story times and whatever. Yeah, just to add, because when you think of it, like Ant-Man has always kind of been the reprieve to a mm -hmm. lot of heavy stuff right. that is happening. It's like, let's watch this really quirky sort of guy and we'll, let's laugh about this. And was this too serious? It was very serious. Oh, geez. Yeah, that doesn't work for... It was for, very serious. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, it was very serious, very... It, it changed... I mean, it changed the things tonally. It just wasn't, you know... The visuals were eh. You just expect more. And maybe I should start expecting less. That's pretty sad. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right, well... Yeah, it's it's not... It's not... It's, it's bad. It's a bad movie. Yeah. But if you have it on Disney Plus, like, you know, we're so deep. We're so deep <laughs> into this. Am I going to be doing this for the like, rest of my life? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, you know, the one thing, and I'll give this to Marvel, and I don't know if you'll agree, because I know you don't watch trailers. Um, the Secret Invasion looks amazing. I did actually watch that trailer. And that's, that's a, yeah, that's a television show. So I'm really hoping that that's amazing. Okay. It looks amazing. Okay. Okay. Well, so maybe yeah, something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I hate to do this again, but we're going to do another one. <laughs> so this time it's going to be me and I'm going to review a bad game. Um, and this is a game that... I really wanted to be good, so the fact that it wasn't great was, you know, it kind of hurt more, if you know what I mean. But mm -hmm. it is a game called Redfall. Have you heard of it by any chance? <clears throat> no, I was going to ask, what's it about? Okay, it's about vampires and shooting vampires, <gasps> which oh. on the surface Ooh. sounds really cool. Like, if you discuss the premise of this game with someone, 
it actually sounds really neat. So it's these group of people who are trapped on like a Martha's Vineyard kind of island. They um, they can't get off. The vampires uh, have taken hold. There was a university or some kind of lab or something on this island that was experimenting with this virus. The virus got out, turned people into vampires. Vampires turned as, other. Yeah. As it always, yeah, as it as it always does. Stop right. Experimenting. Yes. So we have all of these survivors now, and they're banding together inside the firehouse. Um, with guns, and they have guns that have UV lights on them, and then they have guns that have stakes on them, and you can shoot stakes at the vampires, and um, all of your... I was just going to ask that. Yeah, yeah, no, you can totally do it. And you have these four different playable characters, and they have, you know, cool powers and abilities. Like, one of them can summon a little robot friend and to help you out or be a distraction. And so... On the surface, it sounds like like a fun, what I would call, looter shooter. Uh, you shoot and you get the loot. So, and those are fun. Okay. I play those. Those are fine. But this game has some problems. Now, here's where I think the first problem came in. And right now, if you look at it on Steam, it has 1,703 reviews. And it's those of those reviews, they are mostly negative, which is pretty much the lowest review, the lowest rating you can have on Steam is to be mostly negative because there is this like mostly negative, somewhat negative, like neutral, like somewhat positive, overwhelmingly positive, you know, like it just it's oh. kind of like subjective like that. They're not, you know, they don't give you num- like straight no, up I'm numbers. Just, I, I'm looking. Okay. So I'm, I just pulled up. I just pulled up Redfall reviews oh. and it Ooh. has a four. It has a four on IGN, forty-four mm-hmm. percent for PC go- gamer, mm-hmm. and a one point five out of five for uh, PC mag. Yeah. So it's like, and yeah. its overall ratings is a two. It's a two. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Here's where I think the first big problem came in. For a really, really, really long time, your triple A games, the ones that were supposed to be big and beefy and bold, cost fifty bucks, and this goes back generations. And then in fairly recent times, they started to move up to $60. And then in maybe the last three months or so, six months, whenever the inflation got really bad and then video games decided we can get in on that, Mm -hmm. they started to move to $70. This is one of the first video games to come out at a $70 price. Like There really has probably been fewer than 10 at this point that have come out at that price point. And I think being at the sort of threshold or inception of a 10 more dollars to get what we usually get for 10 less dollars, you have a certain level of expectation. You're going to charge me $70 for this game. I'm used to paying 60, 50, 40, whatever it may be. This better be good, right? That's kind of what you're walking into. If Mm -hmm. they had priced this game at $39.99, we probably wouldn't even be having this conversation. It'd probably be a significantly higher reviews because everybody'd be like, okay, yeah, there's some problems, but it's 40 bucks. You know, like so but now that you're you're charging 70, it better be good. So what the real problem is here is the game is empty. You have this huge world that's supposed to be full of 
quests and secrets and things to do and vampires to kill and things to find and Easter eggs and all of these different things everywhere. This big open world full of like hints and fun things to do. And literally, I watched somebody play this and they were like, you know, five experience points away from leveling up. And they're like, I'm just going to kill one more vampire just so I can get this level. And they wandered around for 10 minutes before they found something to kill. That's how empty this world is. It's just, there's nothing to do. Of the things that there are to do, they're very repetitive. You can tell that there's not like a creativity put in here of like, woo, first, let's have a quest that's like you solve a mystery. And then let's have a quest where you get cool hats for everyone. And let, you know, like there's, there's none of that creativity. It's literally like, go out, get the thing and come back. Oh, you got that? Okay, go out, get another thing and come back. You got that one too? Let's get another thing and come back, right? So it's just an empty kind of boring world with not a lot to do, not a lot to see. There's not even a lot to interact with. Like there are um, characters everywhere. And literally when you go up and talk to them, they just go, um, uh, oh, right. They just, they don't have anything to say. (laughs) So... You're like, you're literally in this, this big empty world. It looks pretty. There are parts of it that look pretty nice, but it's just kind of super boring and super dull, no creativity, offering nothing new, offering nothing great. And you're charging me $70 for it. And there's actually like a premium edition that's $100. And it's like, are you kidding me right now? Um, hundred dollars? Uh-huh. I don't even know what you get for that. I'm going to look it up. Um, what do I was th- just I was just going to ask you what you get. Because... Yeah. I'm going to see if it says it on um, yeah. Steam. Okay. So you get for $100 the game, um, a laser beam multi-weapon skin. I don't even know what that is. A tactical knife attachment for your gun. You get some outfits for, oh, apparently they're going to add two additional characters in the future that you can play as and you get access to these characters before they even come out. But the fact that this game sold really poorly, what if they don't even make those two future characters and then you just spent this $100 for like an outfit and a knife, you know what I mean? Like it just, I don't know, man, there's just a lot going on. We're getting some news stories that are coming out now that are basically saying like, a lot of people who are working on this game kind of left or it got laid off and they didn't have enough help. So they didn't have enough people working on it. And Microsoft had actually just bought this studio not that long ago, Arcane. And um, Microsoft like apparently didn't want to like micromanage them. And so they just kind of let them do their thing on this game. And now Microsoft has said, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to come in and micromanage everything you do now because you obviously can't do this on your own. (laughs) You know, which is sad because Arcane has actually made some really good games in the past. You know, I'm a big fan of the Dishonored series and they made all of those. And those games are amazing. And, you know, the fact that this studio just kind of like, I don't even know what happened. They they, they hit a massive speed bump and it translated into this is just, it's shocking, I think, for a lot of people. Um, but overall, it is an expensive game. It's not optimized. There's a lot of bugs. There's some bugs that are pretty game-breaking. Like, say you're trying to play with a friend. Um, your The friend's progress doesn't, um, like, progress with you. So let's say you join my game and we do a quest, right? 
I'll get credit for that quest, but you won't. Mm-hmm. And then you go and play your own game. You got to redo the same quest again. Or if you play with somebody else, you got to redo that same quest because you never got um, credit for doing it with me. And that credit seems to like reset. Like we were playing one time and somebody like just lost all their guns, just gone. You know, like it just stuff just seems to disappear and reset in this like big, empty, expensive world. Not to mention it's completely unoptimized. To download this game is over 100 gigs. Like, you know what? By comparison, we're going to Google how big is Tears of the Kingdom. Oh. 18.2 gigs? Holy cow, that can't be There's- right. Wow, is it really that small? So they shoved the entire Tears of the Kingdom into like roughly 20 gigs but they couldn't optimize this anymore to a hundred freaking gigs and there's literally nothing to do in it. So you can tell that it's just super not completed. It needed another three years in the oven is basically how I would describe it. Um, And so, yeah, when it comes to bad games, I would say do not buy Redfall. If you really want to try it, it is free on Game Pass, so if you're already subscribing to Game Pass, which you should be because Game Pass is amazing, you can play Redfall and you can play it for like, <laughs> you, I guarantee you will play it for less time than it takes to download. That's that's what will happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take like two days to download 100 I, I, gigs. I'm... Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I'm reading, I'm just reading like random reviews online and people are saying that they were devastated, that it needed to basically do, it needed to not come out. It needed more time because it's an embarrassment. I Um, would agree with that. It is pretty embarrassing. Yeah. And they're, they're also saying, and maybe you can speak to this, they're saying that they should add a weapon wheel yeah there's just like people are saying it's easier yeah in order to switch weapons you had to like keep hitting a button and you would just like randomly cycle through them so if you wanted to switch to a specific weapon you basically had to keep hitting this button until you got there so yeah there was a lot of what we would call quality of life issues that definitely needed to be addressed for sure all right yeah any questions that's an no, that's just that's just really annoying. I mean, one person mm. is like said that they're devastated by how bad it is. And I mean, uninteresting. Yeah, it definitely uninteresting is a good word. And this, like I said, this is a beloved studio. There are games by Arcane, which I'm sure people have in their top ten games of all time. Like I would call Dishonored Two would probably be in my top ten games of all time because it was just that good. Um, And the fact that this studio, which can produce quality content, has fallen this far is, I'm sure some people find that devastating or really unfortunate and sad. So, And I was going to say, it's the complete opposite. It's the complete opposite with uh, Tears of the Kingdom, because that is $70. Yes. But I'm, as as someone who does not game, all I can hear about is how good Tears of the Kingdom is. Is. Yeah, no, I'm same here. And I, I don't play Nintendo games that much. Um, so I don't really have any way to play this game. But 
Um, you know, everybody, I've seen lots of people playing it and it, it is, it does indeed seem to be amazing and incredibly optimized and no real bugs or issues, nothing game breaking. I mean, I guess, um, Tears of the Kingdom was delayed internally for over a year just so they could polish it because they wanted to put out the best product that they could, which they did. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just reading like it's a the deeper I got into Redfall, the more evident the rut became. That's yeah, I think that's what it is, too. And like even things like the the cutscenes, you know, you're paying $70 for a game. You expect some like high quality animated cutscenes with vampire stuff and things. And like the cutscenes were like still comic book frames, you know, that they, they weren't even moving. It was like, look at this still image while somebody talks over it. Look at this other still image while somebody talks over it. That's not what, that's what you expect from a $20 indie game, not a $70 AAA title. Like you put some freaking work into this thing because that's what we want, you know? So there's just so much about it that was very disappointing. Well, and also I'm reading that the, the vampires were like underwhelming. They were yeah. just kind of hanging around. Yeah. And sometimes you could kind of like just walk up to them and they wouldn't even see you. Like the AI was really weird. There was this one guy we were fighting and he was just running into a wall. And so we also stopped and just looked at him for a while and he just ran into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, so oh, man. Let's, um, let's segue over into drugs, shall we? Yes. Now, we'll do a quick a quick thing here. I did not and I probably will not see Cocaine Bear even though I do know the ending and I know that the, I'm going to give away the ending right now, so close your ears if you don't want to hear it, but I do know that the bear is okay. You know, I do know that the, the bear lives. Yes. I was mostly concerned with, you know, the bear being um killed violently, but I also have like issues with animal violence and I don't really know like sometimes how something is going to affect me so I wasn't sure if the bear would be shot or stabbed or abused you uh, so I just felt I felt it was for the best if I avoided cocaine bear so this one was all you and you did say it was a kind of a fun romp yeah I mean when uh when a movie is called cocaine bear you're not thinking it's going to be something great like, you're not like, this is going to be nominated for Oscars. I can't wait to see the performances. Mm-hmm. You know it's going to be a goofy, goofy movie about a bear that takes cocaine. And Which that's exactly... is based on a weird, like, weirdly based on a true story about a bear that did do cocaine, but it was because some drug dealers dropped yeah. it out of a plane and then the bear just ate it. But in the true story, the bear died from a heart attack. So, you know, that's where the truth yeah, ends. But, yeah, yeah. Right, and so for anyone who watches uh, Wet Hot American Summer, there's a lot of throwbacks to that, specifically the main theme music that pops on uh, when you first start watching it, because Elizabeth Banks, who directs the movie, was in Wet Hot American Summer, and the movie takes place in the 80s. So you get sort of that fun throwback Mm -hmm. element to it, uh, being in the 80s, like two kids go out to the woods and it's the 80s they don't have a phone you don't know where they are they'll come back when they come back right that's uh that's that's how it used to be or they don't come back at all yeah and it's it's a goofy movie where you have the two kids are lost not lost in the woods but they're out in the woods they're looking for a specific waterfall you have park rangers 
uh, played by uh, Margot Martindale. Uh, you have Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who plays a potential love interest for Margot Martindale. Kerry Russell is in it, being very campy as the mom looking for the two children. And then you have an, an oddball group of criminals who are trying to get the cocaine back that yeah. has fallen in. And, you know, eventually you know that all of these different uh, groups are going to meet and bump into each other, and they do. It's a brisk hour and 25-minute movie. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's about a bear that does cocaine. That's all they're going to do. We're going to play some 80s music over it. And since you're not going to see it, the cocaine bear has filled baby bears your little bear cubs that she's protecting and she's bringing back the cocaine to the bears because she thinks it's food oh no so yeah but they were so cute the little cgi bears uh but like this is a movie no expectations whatsoever you knew it was going to be you know kind of quirky and weird but you would not be disappointed hmm it's just, it's so stupid. There's a lot, there is a lot of uh, violence, but it's mostly the bear inflicting violence and it's more cartoon yeah, sort of violence. Like you get into that point where you're like, oh yeah, oh, they just did that. Oh, that's hilarious because that's not how it would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just so, it's so ridiculous. But, but you, you would know, recommend this like as a fun romp kind of a thing? Yeah, like if you're looking to sit down and you're like, what do I watch? I don't know what to watch. Just put on Cocaine Bear. It's stupid. It's funny. If you are like, this sounds stupid. The idea of a bear on cocaine sounds stupid. You're not going to like the movie. Mm -hmm. But if you can suspend reality and watch a bear run around on cocaine and just kill people and things, and you want that all interspersed with some awesome 80s jams then this is the movie for you. I feel like you just summed it up right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it. That's, you know, if if you watch the trailer and thought this is dumb, you're not going to like the movie. If yeah. you watch the trailer and said, this looks fun, that's exactly what you're going to get. Okay. Okay. So, All right. yeah. I heard that there actually wasn't a whole lot of bear in this movie because they didn't want to spend like they didn't have a lot of money to spend on the CGI. So it's like a lot of people for a while and then some bear. Yes. And I mean, it's a low budget movie. I mean, as low budget as you can get yeah. in Hollywood, I guess. But I mean, that's the thing. It it made like, I don't know, I'm looking it up right now. It made $65 million dollars. So, on what kind of budget do we know? I gotta look up the budget, but I mean, I can't. I can't imagine it costs that much to like, make. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you have stars, but you don't have like you know, you're not hiring. I'm trying to think, someone who's really expensive, like Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, you're expensive. not a-listing these people in here. Yeah, and and that that's nothing to Carrie Russell. Love her, loved her on The Americans, loved her on The Diplomat, on Netflix. She's Felicity forever. But you have a lot of people who are television stars. Mm-hmm. Which is this. cool. Yeah, no, it's cool. And I, I mean, it, I, I did read that uh, Elizabeth Banks would do it again, but it would be like Cocaine Shark. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm down for that. Cocaine I'm Shark. I'm down for a shark. Yeah, I'm down for a shark eating 
cocaine. I mean, it sounds like something sci-fi would make. Yeah. But, yeah. I would still, I mean, you know, if you want to, like I said, a goofy movie. A fun, goofy movie. And if you find gratuitous violence funny. There you go. This is for you. This is for you. I'm going to look up the budget. Seems like there should be a trilogy where it's like cocaine bear, cocaine shark, and then cocaine tornado. Like in that, the sci-fi will show all three of them on a random Friday night at three in the morning or something, you know. That's, that's fun. And I'll be up. I'll be, I'll be up watching it. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> yeah, you and a shocking number of other people, I think. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, so if you enjoy gratuitous violence and want to see a <laughs> drugged out bear running around, I guess this is the movie for you. I mean, it's it's nice sometimes when a movie does not take itself seriously. Like, it knows what it is, and you can respect exactly. it for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's cool. Ser- it's serving the purpose. It's yeah. serving the purpose. Oh, you know what? So it it cost $35 million to make. Oh, so they almost doubled their take. I don't know how. I yeah, smell a sequel. $64 million. $64 million, and worldwide it was $87 million. So they did double. Nice. Cool. So... I was gonna say. I was gonna say. If you asked me, this shows how much I know about Hollywood. I would have said about ten billion. <laughs> <laughs> 10 million <to> but <laughs> inflation. Inflation. Yeah. Multiply that by four. Right. Inflation hits us all, man. Apparently. All right. Even cocaine bear. I know. I know. Imagine if you tried to sell that cocaine. <laughs> all right. Any um, final thoughts? No. Yeah. Just if you like cocaine, you like bears, go see cocaine. If you like cocaine. (laughs) In what way, Alin? The the idea of cocaine. Okay, 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 okay. That's better. That's better. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Sorry, kids. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. So we're kind of moving down the list here. Um, After the trials and tribulations of Redfall, uh, moved into some other video games that I will talk about. Uh, various other times during this stream but one i figured i'd do a quick review because um to be bluntly honest i've put like 60 hours into it so it feels like i should say something um so um damien bought this game for me when i was kind of like in a little slump and uh not doing great and he kind of like here just go get lost in something so you don't have to use your brain about thinking about the things that are happening you know so yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he bought me this game called War Tales. And um this is a this is an indie game. Like this is not a big AAA title and in fact if you wanted to buy it it's 34.99. Isn't that a pleasant price? Mm. You can Yeah, you can you can Yeah, yeah so much better. It's half the price of Redfall for triple the content. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> War Tales is a role-playing game. It's an open-world role-playing game, and um, it's also a strategy game. So if you like strategy games, they usually involve um, grid-based movement. So like the the fighting field will kind of look like a grid a little bit, and you kind of move people around. Um, they don't actually have the grid on here. It's like an assumed grid. You're just moving people around based on, okay, this person has seven movements, so they can move this far and then attack, you know, that kind of thing. So it's a turn-based strategy game where you're actually playing as a group of mercenaries and this is where the game is a little bit kind of interesting so you start out you make your three mercenaries and you can make 
men or women, different kinds of mercenaries. They basically just translates to what kind of weapons they use. Is it like an axe or a bow or a sword and a shield, you know, whatever that may be. So you make your three mercenaries and you go out into the world and now you can be hired to do all kinds of nefarious and or not nefarious things. Anybody in your group can die at any time. And they do die. And uh, when that happens, you hire a new guy. (laughs) You build up your mercenary team with new people. Yeah. So um, I'm a little bit possessive of my mercenaries. I don't want them to die. So I I tend to like save before battles and make sure that nobody dies. So I I get a little bit bit worried about my mercenaries. But, you know, you don't have to. You can just kind of let them go and just hire a new guy. So, um, and there's people who will like ask to join you and you can get your company, your mercenary company up as big as you want. You can have 30 mercenaries in your group and horses and carts and fire pits and everybody has a a profession. You can have a blacksmith and a fisherman and a cook and an archaeologist and a bard singing stories and all these kinds of things. You can have all this stuff. You just got to make sure you can feed and pay everyone because you got to pay them. They're mercenaries. So... You have to manage your money, and you have to manage they your do food. It for money. Yeah, they do. And um, the horses also eat, so you gotta be careful of that. So you gotta manage your food there. Um, the horses can also fight, but I chose to have work horses because I don't want my horses fighting or dying. Because horses, so my horses just carry stuff, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's how I like it. Uh, you can get animals to fight with you if you want. You can get bears. You can get wolves. Um, there's like weird kind of fantasy alligator looking pigs i forget what they're called croco pigs something like that um but you know you can get animals oh. to fight with you if you want you know you can do that i i opted out of that as well so and um you can also craft stuff you can craft your own armor believe it or not the armor you craft and the weapons you craft are like really good they're, it's actually really worth it to do crafting in this game and you just kind of travel around in the different maps and you do your quests and you kill people. You can be really bad. You can like wipe people out. You can just kill merchants. If the merchant's like, sir, would you like to purchase from my wares? You can be like, die and just take his wares. Like you could totally do that. And then um, the you Whoa. will get, yeah, you'll get a bounty on your head and people come after you and try to like kill you and claim that bounty and you can kill them too if you want. <laughs> so it's, um, it's uh, it's pretty open. You can kind of do whatever you want, and um, you're seeing the story of this 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 world. Um, this world has a zombie plague in it, which is an interesting twist. Um, the zombie plague comes from rats, from what I can gather. The rats bite people. The people turn into zombies. The zombies bite other people, and you've got a zombie plague. So um, you've also got that to deal with. You've got religious zealots you've got you know standard monarchy problems there's one map where there was these wineries and one person was like basically poisoning the soil of the other wineries in order to get ahead so there was like a mystery element that you had to solve it's i would say it's it's actually a really good game it's a lot of fun it's got a lot of different elements to it um it's not an easy game that's the thing it's very it's pretty hard to play and you can actually make it harder on yourself so if you like hardcore strategy games this is your thing i kind of had to ratchet down the difficulty a little bit because i'm just more interested in kind of going through and seeing everything and taking in all the stuff um but you can make it incredibly difficult on yourself on yourself if you want to do that 
And then I would say like my favorite part of this game is there's like a little bit of a Tomb Raider aspect to it. So every map that you go in has this tomb somewhere on the map. You got to find it. And once you get there, you have to craft torches and you will get a certain amount of light based on how many torches you have. And you kind of go in and you are using your torches to like look at the walls and look at the floor and search for treasure. And you can open up caskets and like try and loot treasure. And then there's always going to be one locked door with three runes on it. And you have to find those runes somewhere in the tomb by like uh, putting your torch up against the wall and like looking for the runes. You're kind of playing hide and seek with them. And then you can get into this special locked door where the, the nice treasures are. So it's actually a really fun game. It's an indie dev. Um, they're called uh, Shiro, S-H-I-R-O, Shiro Games. They haven't really made a ton of games, but they have made oh. some other things that people may have heard of or played. Like there's a game that they um, released last year based on Dune. It was called Dune Spice Wars. So they made that. And then... Um, they also made another game called Northgard, which is a very similar game that some people might have played. So they've, they've been around a little bit, but like, yeah, I mean, they're not Microsoft. You know, they have like three or four games. They do their little thing. And that's kind of how they how it is. So I was pretty impressed with this. It's a pretty it's a pretty big game for, you know, uh, this like tiny little studio to take on. It looks good. The combat is good. I mean, it's a lot of fun, and I'm checking my playtime. I have 70 hours into this game, so I have not beat it yet. It's a long game. Oh, yeah. inflation. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. 70 hours, it's still not done. Um, I'm actually waiting. They're going to do um, one more update on it pretty soon, and they're going to add in a whole another map, and I'm kind of waiting for that update to come out, and then I'll push through and do the end and this extra map all at the same time. But um yeah. Anyway, so one more time. It's called War Tales. If this sounds like something you'd be into, I do recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Um, you get to cook. You get to fish. There's lock picking. I forgot to mention that. Super fun. You can break into things. Um, it's it's a good time. Yeah, it's a good time. So anyway, that's my review. And now we're going to go back to Alin. And she's going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume oh. 3. But, like, the spoiler-free version. I'm not going to... Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not gonna give any spoilers because it is technically still out in the movie theaters. It's not out on Disney Plus yet. It's still breaking in that money. I think the 57th version of Fast and the Furious dethroned it over the weekend or oh, geez. The Little Mermaid. But it's still, it's still out there. Yeah, I will say before you get so, too far in that um, Damien really liked it because he he's a really big fan of the Guardians. He thought that their movies were done really well. He also really likes James Gunn's style. You know, he really liked Peacemaker and all that stuff. So he really enjoyed this. He wanted me to see it. I was really afraid of the animal violence because I know that it is a fair amount of animal violence in this. I know that you are also not the biggest fan of the Guardians in general. You didn't really like the Christmas special, whereas I really liked the Christmas special. So I don't know if that affects your view on this at all or if it was still a worthwhile watch in your mind. I mean, it's a worthwhile watch. Okay. It's not something that should be skipped, especially if you've been watching the Guardians all along. It's the, the, the end of their story. Mm -hmm. as they exist um 
I, I did have a lot of trouble with the CGI violence. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty it's bad from not, what I hear. It is. It is. And it's, it's, it's uncomfortable and it's unrelenting. Mm. Um, if you didn't get the, you know, if you didn't get it the first time, they're going to hammer it over and over and over mm-hmm. to you. And yeah. I, I just kept like cringing and looking away. And I mean, that's how far we've come with CGI that, you know, it's not a real animal. Your brain is telling you that, but just the, the, the movements, the sounds, it's, it's a lot. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know that I could handle it. I, oh man, the little fuzzies when they get hurt, I just, it just hurts me. I don't know. Oof. And I mean, if you're, yeah, it's, I mean... You knew what it was going to be about prior to it even mm-hmm. kind of com- coming out. Uh, is this is this a better movie than I've seen in a bit from Marvel? Absolutely. I know that some people are thinking that, that this is the turn that we've been waiting for. Like this is we're going back in the right direction. I'm not entirely sure. I was underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I was underwhelmed. Once again, like we, we, we talked about earlier, the villain, amazing, mm-hmm. frightening, completely acting his his butt off again. But I, I'm not sure they know what to do with the fact that there are so many cast members now. Oh, do, do you think that some people were just kind of like underutilized, uh, kind of like the Eternals syndrome a little bit? It, it was, and it's just something where you're like, what are they supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of have this this whole relationship with Peter Quill and Gamora, but not Gamora, that mm-hmm. I felt was really kind of glossed over, um, you know, because she, you know, she came back uh, from the blip. Right. But she's, you know, but it, so there was like, just like, oh, did you, did you know that? It, a lot of things were sort of glossed over. You would, ex- you were expected to have watched the, um, the Christmas special. A lot of people, um, walking out of the theater, they were like, where did that golden retriever come from? Oh, <laughs> Cosmo. And- Yes, plus yeah, they also it, revealed that um, Mantis was Quill's sister in the Christmas special, and I'm assuming they also brought that back in. Just randomly said it. Okay. Like we're, you know, we have the same, you know, we have the same father, you know, and it's like, oh, okay. And you, there were also some jokes towards uh, Kevin Bacon mm. and Kevin Bacon's experience. This It was a very, very heavy movie. And at the end, everyone kind of goes their own way. Uh, once again, there were no real stakes. Okay. There's a couple of scenes where they, they think you, they want you to think there's going to be stakes. And, that, and that's when I'm like, oh, that would be amazing if. But then it's like, nope, no, we're going to pull back on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just... It felt like a wasted opportunity again. I mean, you know, the, um, oh God, what is the, not the collector. Jeez. Um, 
the villain, the main villain's name. The high evolutionary. <laughs> the high evolutionary. We are professionals here. Mm, yes. Uh, the high the high evolutionary creates is trying to, you know, basically create a world because humans have failed. So he's trying to create a world that is perfect, but he ends up creating a world that kind of looks like 1970s America, but with weird animals in it. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like there could have been so much more creativity mm. in, involved in it, and I guess that's the disappointment factor. There's also the disappointment um, with Adam Warlock. Oh, you think that's not really going to go anywhere? Like that was kind of teased a bunch of times, actually. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I think they were like, oh, yeah, we got to put Adam Warlock in this movie. We mm -hmm. should probably add him in some capacity. And it was almost like an afterthought. Mm -hmm. Like, so the actor who is playing him, Will Poulter, you obviously been working out like crazy. I feel like they were like, yeah, we've had Will working out for three years now. Yeah, is he going to so... do anything with this? Or... Yeah, and they're like, and they're like, oh, we forgot about Adam Warlock. We'll just put him in a, like a bunch of random scenes. But with no semblance, and it's like, what? It, but why? Just no, no, no. Because Adam Warlock, like, we yeah. Need and when you watch it, I don't know if you watched the pitch meeting for it. That's no, I haven't. Also, you should watch because it, it is. It's like, why is Adam Warlock doing that? And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> like, it was one of those. Yeah. But like I said, it is. It is better than what Marvel's been producing. Mm -hmm. Considering that the Marvels are next, I don't think we're going to continue this upswing. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Marvels is this amazing movie, but it's the first time I've seen a trailer and thought, I'm not going to see that. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks so, so dumb. I can't help it, it. It does, and I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But I mean, maybe they're going for that. Kamala Khan audience like I I thought her TV show was gonna be not for me you know and then I ended up enjoying it I, I mean I definitely know I was not the audience for that TV show but there was a lot to really Correct. you know see there so maybe they're going for that same audience and trying to draw in the younger you know teeny crowd but mm. and and I do wonder just how they're gonna create because if, if you haven't watched whatever the six or eight episodes of Miss Marvel. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be able to understand? So this her, is an, an interesting in the world, right? This is an interesting thing because we've gone back and forth about this with the Disney shows. Like for example, WandaVision, they kind of crapped all over that with the multiverse of madness because there was no connection there, right? It was just like, Oh, this thing happened mm -hmm. where you experienced growth and now you're a better person. Yeah, screw all that. We're just going to turn you into the most horrible villain of all time. Yay! You know, so like, th that was really frustrating. Now we're swinging into the other direction where if you didn't watch, say, the Guardians Christmas special or maybe Miss Marvel, maybe you know nothing about what's happening and you're you're wondering where Cosmo came from and Cosmo's adorable. But, um, you know, th th I, I personally feel like it's okay if they use those television shows and like make references and expect you to watch them, like I think that that is okay simply because I was so disappointed in how they handled Wanda that like my brain is going in the other direction of like, yes, let the TV shows have gravitas, but I understand the point of view of 
no, you're going to lose half your audience. Like, I get that too, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it continues the, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 5, I think we're in now. Is it really? to be uneven. I think so. Oh, boy. I think so. Um... We could be in six. I don't even know. <laughs> Who's counting anymore? <laughs> I don't even know. Um, but it's it, this. This is a move in the right direction. I didn't love it as much as everyone else. Like I've seen so many like reels and TikToks about how like Marvel's back and <sighs> so excited, and I'm just like, it was an okay movie. It's also the last one that he's gonna <laughs> do. And he's now jumping ship to DC. So if it were Marvel's back and this is it and this is the resurgence and et cetera, et cetera, you also kind of feel sad about that because now James Gunn has gone to work for the competitor. So like, Mm yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And I appreciate you not giving like tons of spoilers because I do feel like eventually I'm going to see it. I'm just going to hide and like block my ears through all the animal parts, which might be half the movie. I don't know, but I'm going to attempt it. I think you're going to have to do what what you and Damien did when I watched John Wick. Like just leave the room for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. A lot. Yeah. Just go. Just keep going. Going to get snacks. It's probably like a good 15 minutes of footage okay all right yeah all right lots of snacks snacks it is got it snacks all right all right nice i gotta work one of these in so we'll give you this oh yeah just feel like i needed one at that moment you know just needed to add one in okay so back to me now i assumed you never saw this movie did you see the dungeons and dragons movie I did not. Okay, so this one's all me. Here we go. Jamie reviews Honor Among Thieves. We're moving up in the world, Alin. I really enjoyed this movie. I'm actually kind of Aww. sad that it didn't make as much money as like it probably should have made. Like I felt like it should have been more profitable than it was because I don't think you can look this up if you want, but I don't think it rolled over into profitability. I'm not. I'm not sure. It should have because it was super fun. And it was fun for a lot of different people. A, it was fun for people like me who kind of know some stuff about Dungeons & Dragons. I've played Dungeons & Dragons. I am not an expert. I 100% did not get every reference and every Easter egg. I did not know what every creature was or every item that they referenced. Most of that went right over my head and it didn't even matter. (laughs) So it's also fun for the people who just like fantasy stuff. You like fantasy stuff? Want to see Chris Pine trying to look younger than he is? Great. You're going to have a good time with this. (laughs) Uh, Hugh Grant is fantastic in this. He just chews all the scenery as this weird villain. Um, Michelle Rodriguez working way outside of her normal box. In this movie, she's a tough chick. I don't know. I mean, like, that's, whew, like. Yeah, she never, never, never. played that. Not once. Not once. Um, the CGI looks good. You get to see lots of owl bears. Owl bears are super cool. Um, there's a super hot guy who plays a paladin. I mean, he's something for everyone. You know, there's just lots of fun stuff going on in this movie. It does not take itself seriously. I actually laughed out loud more than once at the jokes. Um, 
there are some really, really hilarious moments. It is just a fun movie. There's the stakes are there are present and it doesn't even matter if you don't care about them because you're just kind of along for this ride. You can pretty much see where the ending is going to go. Maybe halfway, three quarters of the way through, you kind of figure out where it's going. Doesn't matter. Just let it go. It's just going to go there. Mm -hmm. And it's all just this really, really fun ride of kind of like D&D fantasy. Um, a lot of people were sort of iffy on um, the girl who played the druid. Her name is Doric. They didn't, you know, I heard a lot of people say that she was like the weakest link acting wise in the movie. She never bothered me. She's like an animal three quarters of the time. So I didn't really mind her. <laughs> um, they also break a ton of D&D rules. Didn't care at all. I talked to um, my dungeon master and asked her if it bothered her that they broke a lot of rules. She didn't care either. She still had a fun time with it. So like the hardcore D&D people all really liked this. The middle of the road D&D people liked this. I think where it faltered is maybe it leaned too heavily into the Dungeons and Dragons stuff. And so normal people didn't go and see this. And I think that's where they needed to get their little boost of finance. Do you know what I mean? They needed like a few more normies to go in on this one. Um, which I think if you did, you would have really liked it. Like, I think you would have enjoyed this like 20 times more than Ant-Man just because it's fun, you know? I think it is on Prime. Mm. I could be wrong if you wanted to watch it on Prime. <clears throat> and I'm looking at the I'm looking at the box office. So it cost $150 million to make. Okay. And... The the United States gross is a little underwhelming. It's ninety three million, mm -hmm. but worldwide it made two hundred and eight. Okay, so there is there is an audience for this globally. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a little bit encouraging. I mean, I know they left. A, they they totally wrapped up the movie and it's fine, but they left a minor door open at the end for a sequel in case they, they did well. And I think a lot of people were kind of interested in what that sequel would look like. So maybe there is still some hope out there that we will get that sequel someday. But I, I don't think I really want to give this away. I don't really want to talk about the plot or anything. I just, I think it's a fun movie. I think even if you don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, you can follow the plot pretty easily. There's good people and bad people. There's bad magicians and good magicians. There's items. They're like MacGuffins, you know? They do things. And there's a small child, and she's super cute. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it. That's like the whole thing. And Chris Pine and is a bard. Thing... <laughs> He's a bard. Yep. I was gonna say it's very difficult. They released they released it at the end of March. Yeah, which is that's like a dumping ground, that, isn't it? Like, that, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. like they didn't have a ton of faith in it. You feel? I don't know. And so that's yeah, that's why it's kind of like yeah, that's not the best time to drop mm -hmm. a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean that doesn't help, and it also doesn't help that you're probably crossing over some, um, you know, some of the audience because there was also John Wick came out at that sort of same time. Well, oh, you so think that they kind of, cannibalized each other's audience a little bit? 
I would. I mean, I would think so. Mm. I mean, if you, I, and I'm just grouping this in sort of like action movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, oh, do you want to see? Do you want to see uh, Dungeons and Dragons, or do you want to see John Wick? People would most likely be, oh yeah, I know John Wick. I know Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. I think, like you said, like the Dungeons and Dragon namesake could have turned people off. Right. It, that was my assumption too. Like if and you I'm, didn't know anything about it, you'd just be like, oh, this is a movie for those people. And you just kind of avoid it, you know? Because you do, like everyone, when I think Dungeons and Dragons, I think there's so much world building mm-hmm. in Dungeons and Dragons and so much different lingo. And so it's just something like, do I want to be overwhelmed or do I want to see just, you know, Keanu Reeves kicking some butt? Right. For by the way, we haven't reviewed that yet, but it was ridiculously long. It was close to three hours, and it could have been half of that time. Oh, really? I'm gonna mm-hmm. put it. I'm gonna put it down for the next pod because that's one of the movies that I'm saving my Redbox coupons for. Is I want to watch that. Um, so don't say anything else. We will. I'm not gonna say anything else, but I'm just you know I'm just warning you. Yeah. That. It is long. This is it's why we didn't see it in the theater. We were like, we, we saw the runtime and we were like, ooh, man, I might have to eat and pee and mm. sleep. And, you know, <laughs> there might be lots of things I have to do in that amount of time. So we're, we're going to wait on this one. And, you know, we'll definitely do it at home where we can make a day of it. No, you, you will need a day. I'm not and like I'm not ruining anything, but it was just like and I think this is a problem with all movies in all movie sequels is just because it's a second or a third or a fourth you don't have to make it longer you can just tell your story and be done with it yeah yeah they tried to go out with a bang and it was a one it was it was a whole thing it was a whole bang but it's not they're not done oh really they're not done they've said they're make they said they're gonna make a fifth what yeah it's lies it was too it was money it was it did so well did it really? I, I I wasn't really sure, but I believe you. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I that's what I'm guessing when I saw that they've greenlit a fifth John Wick. Poor Keanu Reeves. He could never retire. He has to do this crazy crap his whole life. <laughs> and just a, just another thing, just another tidbit. Last John Wick. There's only he only says 250 words in the entire movie. I think I've said 250 words in the last five minutes. Or more. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like little tidbits like that. Wow. Are like, yeah. Okay. Right? Like it must be easy to memorize the script. Yeah. I guess so. I could do that one. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have reached the, the, the end of our individual reviews. And now we're going to move into things that we've both seen. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. We can move through these faster if it's like, you know, dragging on. We're at an hour and 10 minutes right now. So, but we got this. Okay. We got it. And I also feel like a a lot of the runtime from what we're looking at was you and I chit-chatting beforehand. So. (laughs) It's possible, yeah. But we we haven't done that in so long. So, you know, I had to catch up. I know. Yeah. And for people who want to unsubscribe... I don't want to hear about, oh, the episode was so long. Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> A- Allison. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Okay. So we're going to go back. We're going to go way back for this one to a time before. And I honestly can't even remember when, when this came out, but I'm assuming it was three months ago or I'm more. Gonna, I'm looking it up. We were, we are going to talk about, because at the very least we have, I have to know what you thought of this ending. We are going to talk about the last of us because we haven't done it yet. Oh, Jamie. <laughs> it came out January, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, all of that aside, um, we haven't talked about it. Again, I know everybody's seen it, but I just I just need more people to talk about this ending. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the ending. Be warned. Oh, it's not bad. It's not bad. So the, the finale came out March 12th. Oh, okay. Which yeah, is that's not, way better. That's way better. It's not, it's, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Okay. Because I think we did talk about it. I think we did talk about it on our previous pod because it wasn't done. Mm-hmm. But we were both watching it. You from the perspective of someone who played the game. Me from someone who just loves Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. Um, both great perspectives. There's no problem with either one yes. of those. Um, I I also am sitting here from the corner of people who love Pedro Pascal as well. So, you know, we can, we can both sit in that chair. Oh, I mean that, yeah. I mean, it was something that I was like, zombies? Are they zombies? I don't know. I love zombies. Never want to meet a zombie, but I like watching television shows about them. But these were not zombies. Yeah. These were like plant people. Um, so... Okay, so first of all, I have to suggest a couple of things. Like, one, when you're playing this game, it's pretty intense because you play mostly as Joel, but you do play as Ellie um, during the episode where she was kidnapped by the creepy guy, the creepy religious guy. Oh, yeah. God. You that actually. Was so that yeah. was. A, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was such a. And, Good job, Bella Ramsey. Yeah. That, uh, can we give her? Can we give her some? Oh, clapping? yep, yep, yep. Here we go. Clapping? I got it. Yeah. I'm all over it. Yeah. Amazing yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Amazing job in that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, she she was actually really great. Um, she, the you play as her during that part, but mo- mostly you play as Joel. And let's be honest here, Joel's kind of a jerk for the most part. Um. And he was very, Pedro Pascal was very much like, you were really looking at Joel there. Like, they they actually had many, many lines directly from the game that they put into this show. And in fact, one of the streamers that I watched for a little while was replaying The Last of Us to the point, like, he was keeping up with the show. So he would play the game un- until he caught up with the show, and then we would watch it the next week, and then he'd play it again and for a couple of hours until he caught up with the show. And so we got to see, like, the side-by-side comparisons. And, it like, they just did so much right here. Um, the um, episode with, oh, you got to help me out, the guy from Parks and Rec, Olin. Oh, Nick Offerman. Dude. Oh, my goodness. What an episode. Yeah. I was not expecting that at all. Nobody was. Nobody and was. No. And I, th- th- it's going to win so many awards. I mean, a lot of people are upset about it because, oh, my God, we can't show two guys in love. No, oh, my God. No. Get over it, please. I'm so tired of yeah, this. But, exactly. It, yeah. But, yeah, they but deserve all the, the awards for that. The way they did the show, the, the, I mean – 
I was just like I was crying. It it, it became mm-hmm. the show that I would watch on Sunday nights before bed, and then I would shut off the TV and be like, "Well, I guess I'll go to bed." <laughs> like be- it was just like it ripped out your heart mm-hmm. every single episode, and then mm-hmm. stomped on it. But you kept coming back because it was that well written, that well produced, mm-hmm. that well acted. Every episode was a gut punch, and mm-hmm. it, but in a good way. So I want to throw a couple things out there that you may not have known. Um, in the original game, the girl who voices Ellie, her name is Ashley Johnson. She was in the show. She played um, the pregnant woman who gave birth to Ellie in that one episode towards the end. Yes, 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 yes. She was running from the, oh my god, like childbirth, hard oh. enough. Oh, I know. And Child, in the game, there there was no explanation for how Ellie was immune, and um, oh. so that was actually really interesting to see that they come up with this explanation for she was bit and then disconnected from the uterine wall i don't know like the right way to say it but like the 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 process of that was a very interesting way to like to talk about i I don't i thought that was really great it was really well done um the episode with nick offerman that was hinted at in the game but never explored to that region so that was really cool to see and then the other stuff that was really cool to see was um the stuff with the uh, people in India where the disease originated. You never got any of that information in the game. There were maybe some notes and some hints and things, but to actually see that and that woman to be like, basically just, you need to blow up the country. Like like for her to basically... Yeah, she said something... Oh, man. Yeah, because she said like nuke nuke it or whatever. Like something that was like, oh. Yeah, like that was a really intense. And then last... The guy who voiced Joel in the game, his name is Troy Baker. He's he's everywhere um, for voice acting. He played the creepy religious guy's best friend who Ellie stabs. <laughs> it was like a blonde guy, I don't know if you remember him. But they were she was like they were holding oh. her down on the uh, the medical table or whatever, and like she, the gr- yes, yeah. mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Yep. So he was like yeah, super excited that he got to die in the show, like basically. <laughs> well, and I think that's cool that they did that. And yeah. You're able to pick that up. And meanwhile, I'm like, that was just a cool guy. Like not a yeah. cool guy, but it's yeah. like, oh, wow, that was a good actor. But there's all these nods to people mm-hmm. who have made the show what it is and have gotten it to this point. And I think that's a really difficult line to walk. Yeah. And, but they did it. They did it brilliantly. Yeah. And I mean... I think they've kind of proven between this and Arcane that you can adapt these properties and do it well. It hadn't really been done well before this. So the fact that it can actually be done well, like I think is giving people hope because, you know, they're doing Fallout now. So, um, and I freaking love the Fallout series. So, I mean, come on, Amazon, let's, let's go, you know, let's do another good one here. We're on a roll. Let's keep it going. You know, (laughs) like don't marvel out on me. (laughs) (laughs) So... But anyway, let's get to that ending, because the other thing I wanted to tell you was this was a big debate, but it was a big debate between gamers. Did Joel do the right thing? You know, Um, 
now it was like a debate between everyone. Like everyone was watching this. So you had like articles written by doctors coming in basically saying, oh, with the resources they had and the methods that they were using, they, they, you know, they obviously didn't know what they were doing. They didn't even do a spinal tap or like, I don't know, like they I had all these like articles that I was reading about, you know, people weighing in on whether or not Joel did the right thing. Um, I was always in the boat of it should have been Ellie's choice. Uh, but how did you feel about the ending where Joel basically came in and annihilated all the doctors to save Ellie? <laughs> now, before we get into that, you have a theory that Ellie knows. Ellie knew. Yeah. And made the choice anyway. I did have a theory that, that she knew. Um, but she also knows that Joel lies to her. You know what I mean? Um, and that's pretty obvious in both, I think, the show and the game. It's more obvious in the game, and it will be more obvious um, in the second season because they actually, like, um, they actually get really distant from each other. Uh, they're, they have, like, a falling out, you know? Um, it, nobody, that you don't see anybody in the show talk to her, and you don't see anyone in the game talk to her about like oh this test will kill you like nobody says that to her in either the show or the game but she's really smart right and we see her figuring mm -hmm. people out and figuring things out we also see her past with her buddy who died from this you know and how she lived and her friend she had to kill her best friend basically or the girl she was basically in love with you know she had to kill this girl. Right, right. There is just a large part of me that thinks that in her heart she knows this would probably kill her and she was going to do it anyway. Like, I just honestly feel that. But the show doesn't really support it either way. What do you think? I... When... I mean, obviously, so we have the whole Pedro Pascal daddy factor um, between this and The Mandalorian... He's saving children all over the place. He's having a moment. People love him. We've loved him. We've loved him forever. I mean, I remember seeing him on Buffy the Vampire Slayer way back in 2000 when he played Eddie, who was he was a vampire uh, at Buffy's college. But I mean, so I'm just saying I'm a real one. Love, have loved him forever. Um, but with Joel, he... I think he loves Ellie as mm. much as he possibly can, but he has that disconnect where he's seeing his daughter. Yep. And I think this is something where he couldn't save his daughter. He was helpless to save his daughter. This in his mind is him coming back from that. It's him overcoming that. And it's a dance, like everyone else be damned. So he's kind of taken that, uh, oh, God, like he's imprinted her. Mm -hmm. That's his daughter. Doesn't that now. make like him selfish gonna... if, he, if that's the reasoning? The... No, and I think I think it was selfish. Mm. Um, I, I think it was selfish to not want to end, uh, you know, this this virus and to get everyone back. And I guess it's that whole, uh, you know, it makes me think of the good place, like the trolley experiment where it's like, do you... <laughs> Do you kill one for the good of all? 
Mm -hmm. Or do you try to save everyone? Mm -hmm. And considering it's been going on so long, like the, the virus has been going on for so long, considering we know from a scientific standpoint within the confines of the show that there is nothing that can stop this. Yeah. I, I think it was selfish of him. And obviously the second season is going to be it's going to come up again. Sure. There's going to be a lot of repercussions about this decision. Oh, big ones. So, I, yeah. So, I mean, I disagree with what he did. Do I understand why he did it? Absolutely. And I think but that's I, it right there, right? We might yeah. not agree with what he did, but the show does such a, and the game as well, does such a good job with building these characters out that you completely understand it. 100% understand it, even as you're disagreeing with it. And when you're playing the game, it's even worse because you have to actually shoot those people. Like you have to physically shoot oh. those doctors and you're like, I don't want to. <laughs> are you, are you like, sorry? Sorry. Yeah. yeah Sorry yeah. as you go around. Yeah. Kinda. Kinda. Yeah. 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 Let's do some crickets. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I mean, because we're in a writer's strike mm-hmm. right now, and I say we as though we're in the writer's guild. Yeah, we are. Uh, but you know, Hollywood is in a writer's strike which has delayed um everything. Basically everything that's scripted. Including Severance. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, Severance is affected. Just, so I mean, HBO seems to take its time. I'm sorry, Max. We're, it's Max now, <laughs> which it's like, give me a break. Give me a break. They've changed their like, name like was, 10 times in the last two years. Yeah, it's like HBO Go, HBO Now, HBO Max, just Max. Okay, fine. Like... Just, just stop making me have to log in every time, okay? You're having an identity crisis. Get over it here. It's fine, but like you know, Max takes forever. It feels like Mm. to get shows rolling. So this is, you know, this is going to impact, you know, the second season, which was green lit, I believe, like after the first episode. Oh yeah. Uh, So we're gonna have to wait and see what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, I can't wait. I don't. I know someone who has offered me the game, but I don't want to play the game because I don't want to know what happens in the Honestly, I think you'd have a really hard time with this one. It's a really... really? Oh, it's, it's a difficult game. It's a heavy game. It's a gamer's game. Not that I don't think you could do it. I think you're perfectly capable. I just think it doesn't really strike me as your jam, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? No, no, I get it. I get it. And you know, it's something where it's like maybe I'm. It's just best that I see it unfold. Yeah, I think me. I think that's the best for you for sure. Yeah, and I, yeah, I I'm I actually curious. Right. Yeah. I'm curious if you're gonna like the say, second let me play season. Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. Mario Kart oh, is great. No. I oh, no. I have some problems with the second game. Um, other people also had problems with the second game, but they were involving gay people. I don't have any problems with the gay people. I have story problems with the second game. <laughs> So I will, I'll be really curious what your opinion is of this story about where it goes, because it goes in a direction, I guarantee you right now, you have no idea where it's going. And to some extent, that's cool, because it's like, whoa, look at this creative left turn that we just took. And then it's like, well, we also took a really left turn, and I don't know where we are right now. We're lost somewhere. And 
Can we pull it back? I don't know. Um, so I'll, I'll be curious what you think of the second season. It's very different. Very different. And I'm excited. Yeah. I'll, okay, I, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. And and they might change stuff, you know, like they did for the first season. So we'll we'll see what happens there. All right. So, okay. I don't know how much we well, want to talk got- about the next one because... I'm not going to lie, talking about this show makes me angry, like physically angry. Um, so I recommended this show to you because I started watching this show called The Power on Amazon Prime, something I'd never heard of. I read the description. It was based on a book. It sounded interesting. I watched the first two, two three episodes. And I was like, Alin, you might want to watch this. It's interesting. It's unique. It's different. It's really well written. It's got some good people in it. But what it's basically about is a, like basically a leap forward in genetics where women are able to generate large bursts of static electricity based on an organ that they get that um, it seems like every woman, every woman has it, but they're not all functional. Like yes. it's kind of been developing for a while and now they're like starting to come into functionality. Um, and this power that women get is um, meant to disrupt this standard patriarchy that exists, you know, kind of throughout the world. It's meant as like the great equalizer. The way the show handles it is from the perspective of these four or five different girls, um, older women, younger women, women all over the world from different countries, some where women have more rights than others. Um, and to show basically how the world would react to women gaining sudden power. The problem that I have is that the show is so freaking accurate in how it handles this issue Mm -hmm. that I find myself getting really upset because even like some of the jokes that they make in this show were jokes that were like leveled at me when I was in middle school and high school. Like I can relate to a lot of the stuff in this show on a level that is physically uncomfortable. And on one hand, I'm like, wow, this is really good and it's really well done and they're nailing it on every aspect. And on the other hand, I'm like, I can't watch this because I'm like really emotional right now. Do you know what I mean? And I'm just wondering your experience with the show um, and if you experienced any of that. What, like, like you said, watching it, I didn't read the book mm-hmm. um, on, with, which it was based on. What I've read about for those who did read the book and watched the television show is it was kind of like a watering down of what the book was really about you're kidding me the book is worse yeah i guess the book is worse whoa so but for me watching it it was more like a reality show because if women did have this ability and men couldn't you know rape them anymore or you know there was an unequal balance of power or you would have these uh, militant groups mm-hmm. who are against women having this power it felt too close to home yes in this day and age yes this and is exactly what i thought it was so close it, it was so accurate in how it handled it that i i was it, it affected me emotionally you know what i mean Mm-hmm. 
and I mean, right, as we stand right now, there's so many different laws. We the the right to an abortion has been taken away um, from women because we are not intelligent enough to make decisions about our own bodies and uh, about whether or not we want to be mothers. And uh, you know, and in states continue to restrict the ability to get an abortion and to make a medical decision. And that just this this show takes that idea and ramps it up to a hundred mm-hmm. and, and and it's not that far-fetched it's like oh look at these guys would they really be that upset it's like no they're already that upset and we don't have as much power as right. they do and we are continually getting i getting our power stripped away and their and men are acting this way yeah it, so it's, that's why it's it's a tough watch i had a tough yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you finish it just out of curiosity? Because I, I was not able to finish it. I have two episodes left and I really want to finish it. But I just, I find like I watch one and then I need like a week off. Do you know what I mean? So I, I did finish it. Is it um, worth finishing? Like should I power through these last? It, you should power through the power. Um, <laughs> because they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're I'm going to give you one of these. Chaos. There we go. There we go. I'm going to give you one of those. Woo! Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, so there, there is some, um, you've been watching, like you said, you're, you're watching different individuals, like sort of like a cross section where mm-hmm. it's a teenage girl. Some are a little, some of these women are older. Some of them do not have the so-called power mm-hmm. or it hasn't developed. Um, there is a payoff and you finally get some interaction among these individuals. Okay. Okay. Because um, I'm just I, I like know. waiting for the massive death to start happening. Like that's where I'm at, where I'm just like on edge for these girls every episode. Like who's going to die? Who's going to die? Who's going to die? Who's going to die? Like that's kind of how I go into it. And I'm just like, oh my God, you know. And and there's there's some real fallout mm-hmm. um, from certain characters and their actions and it like it's tough to watch mm-hmm. and I'm not and, and like like I'm not saying because of what happens to the characters but because of what the characters do you are thinking oh no this is not good mm-hmm. this person is going to be like you know it's that sort of thing like there are certain consequences to things that are, are happening to the women who use their power and none of it is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Do you but think you the... don't see that? Okay. Like you don't see the, 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 the consequences in this season. Oh, do you think that's what my next question was? Is, is it cliffhangery? Like, I don't know if it's been renewed for another season, but is it, is it pushing for that? It, it is. It is pushing for um, another season. Like you said, I don't know. I don't know how it did. Um, you know, Amazon shows are a little weird because they don't really get the same level of coverage mm-hmm. as other uh, shows for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's coming back, but it's definitely leaning in the direction of a cliffhanger for multiple characters. Okay. All right. Yeah, I just looked it up and it's not been renewed yet. So, you know, we have nothing yet. Here comes the real question is after like struggling with it and like, you know, basically, basically how we described it, um, would you recommend it to people? I I haven't mm-hmm. um, just because it is such a difficult 
watch for me. I mean, I don't think, and here's the thing. I don't think men are going to be interested in watching a show about women like this. Yeah. I think they're, I mean, even, um, you know, John Leguizamo's character, who is oddly married to Tony Collette, uh, it's a weird pairing. He is someone who is seen as progressive, and even he can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a it's a it's a it's a difficult watch for many reasons. I think if you've read the book, you've probably already watched it. Mm-hmm. And like um, you know, I mentioned to my sister that I was watching it, and she said, "Let me know if it's good." And I said, "It is good, but it's uncomfortable." Yeah, I think that's the thing too. Like, I have I want to recommend it, but I have to recommend it with a caveat. Like, I have to say, mm-hmm. you are going to see yourself in this. You're going to see anytime you were discriminated against, anytime someone was misogynist to you. I, I actually can still remember the kid in middle school using the exact lines about, "Oh, you must be on your period." Like, I know. I don't know if I want to say his name out loud, but I know exactly who it was and I can still see his stupid bowl haircut in my head. Like, those things <laughs> affect you. Right, and right. And all of those old memories got dragged out of my subconscious while watching this show to the point where it was like my Fitbit was giving me zone minutes, you know? Like, it was that level of discomfort. Ooh. So... It's tough because it's really well done and it is super accurate and it's very well acted and very well produced and very well made and very uncomfortable. So I guess take it as you will. Yeah, and I think I think when you watch it, you're like, oh, I'm going to watch this show and you, you think, oh, okay, this is maybe going to have some like fantasy elements, but no, it's real. It's a real power struggle between women and men and especially against the backdrop of, you know, things that are occurring in our country. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've talked a lot about gay rights. It's the first uh, first day of Pride Month. Mm-hmm. We are allies, but people are going to have problems with certain elements of the show because there are transgender uh, characters portrayed or mm-hmm. uh, people who don't identify as as male but identify as female biologically but it's just it's it's almost like a like a test tube like everything that is going on in our country and that um, women and girls have experienced whether it's at work or at school or at the hands of partners it, it, it's in this show yeah and it's yeah. I feel that, like we had similar conversations like this when The Handmaid's Tale was big, and I feel like this is worse than that. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely worse. Definitely. Yeah. Because at least like The Handmaid's Tale, like I still have not watched the last season of it because it was so brutal. And I also got, it was like ridiculous because she, she would have been dead. June would have been dead mm. in in this society. But for whatever reason, she didn't, she wasn't. And they're just dragging it kept, along. Yeah, they're just dragging it along. I don't think I would go watch The Handmaid's Tale in today's world. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because that much has changed. And it's it's difficult enough being just a human being. And it's difficult enough. You add that layer of difficulty if you are an individual 
who identifies as LBG, LBGTQ mm-hmm. and add that to being a woman. It, mm. It's just it just hits really, really hard and it definitely hits home to for for me and that's you know that's why i haven't like you said i haven't recommended it because it comes with a caveat it's yeah. not entertain it's not entertainment it's almost like a documentary mm-hmm. it's really weird anyway if what we're describing sounds compelling to you you might want to check out the power on amazon prime because yeah all the episodes are there yeah and as i said it's really well made and really well produced but just know it's going to be really heavy and it will keep you up at night and that's kind of like my last word on it i agree yeah okay let's do a fun one yeah (laughs) yeah complete complete opposite let's Let's 180 right out of this um okay let's (laughs) let's talk about the night agent uh this is on netflix um, it is a 10-episode season of 24. Do you remember 24? Without the ticking clock. It's like watching 24 updated for the modern era without the ticking clock and starring a hot guy named Gabriel Bla- Basso? Basso, I think. Gabriel Basso. And he's going to be, I want to say, Jack Reacher now on Amazon Prime. He's he's moving up in the world after doing The Night Agent. Um, I really enjoyed this. It was probably one or two episodes too long. I think they could have definitely trimmed it. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it was fun. Um, it was cool seeing D.B. Woodside again after Lucifer being gone. Um, it was also hilarious seeing Hong Chow in that crazy gray wig because... I know. <laughs> Hong Chow is everywhere these days. She's mm-hmm. in Poker Face. She's in The Whale. She's she was in the Watchmen TV show. I just uh, she's gonna be in Asteroid City. Um, I mean, I feel like I've she seen was in the me- she was in the menu. She was yes, she's, she's in the, the menu, menu right? Yeah, I feel like I've seen her everywhere. She was in Big Little Lies. Like she has been mm-hmm. everywhere recently, and like seeing her in the Night Agent with that crazy wig on, I was like, what? <laughs> but she's really good. I had to I. I had to look it up. I'm yep. like, is that? I'm like, it is. Like, yep. what is she? It's like when you go to a party and you didn't expect someone. It's what is she doing here? Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. didn't know you did this TV show. Yeah. Anyway, it was a, it was, it was fun. Did you enjoy it despite it being a bit long? Oh no, I absolutely like. I enjoyed it so much. I think um, it's one of those shows that you. You know, it's a little fantastical um, about it. A little bit of conspiracy, a little bit of politics, a little bit of action, intrigue, crossing, double crossing, triple crossing. Mm -hmm. A couple of good car chases. Yeah. And it's just, it's exactly what you want Mm -hmm. in a a television show. If you're going to sit down, you want compelling characters. You Mm -hmm. want a good backstory. You get all of that. It has been renewed, but from what I've read is it might not come back, as you said, Gabriel Gabriel Basso is yeah, the next it, Jack Reeser. Yeah, I think they would wait for him, I though. Think, yeah, but on the other hand, he could also be replaceable because there always has to be another night agent. Oh, I see. I originally thought you they were going to follow mean? him into his new job protecting president michelle travers but you're thinking they would backtrack and do like a new night agent maybe he'd have a cameo or something 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. It's definitely something that they could do. Mm -hmm. Once again, because of the writer's strike, I'm not sure how they're going to, you know, they renewed it and then the, you know, the WGA went on strike, rightfully so, Mm -hmm. if there's any writers that are are listening. Mm -hmm. Um, They're all listening. But it was, yeah, it was, it was just like, it reminded me of, you know, one of, like you said, like 24 like mm-hmm. a show that would definitely have been on TV 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you do miss that. You just kind of miss that that linear storytelling. Like, okay, we've got some terrorists and we have to stop the terrorists. How are we going to stop the terrorists? Who do we trust? I don't know. Everybody's like, you a just traitor. sometimes want that sort of television show. Yeah. And I think that the night agent, like checked all the boxes my only complaint about it is i thought that there was too much focus on the weird villains the like assassins there was a lot of focus on them and then they ended up both clocking out if you will and i was just like i don't know why we needed so much backstory on them i feel like i could have cut a lot of their backstory some extraneous fluff and got it down to eight or nine episodes and it would have been a really tight smooth eight or nine episodes but you know as it was it was really fun and i i don't regret it (laughs) no i i agree with you and you know I was also very happy when I saw the baby. I was like, oh, the baby's okay. Yeah, like, because, <laughs> like, it was that, it's that sort of show that you're just like, what What about the baby? What uh-huh. about the baby they kidnapped? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Where'd the baby go? <laughs> Somebody huh? going to tie Who's up this talk? loose end here or what? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, there it is. But like you said, there's there was a lot of fluff that could have been cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, a, that's a Netflix problem. It um, is a Netflix problem. Yeah. You know, guys, you keep complaining about how you're losing all this money. I think we figured out a way for you to save quite a bit of it. You know, just saying. Yeah, we've we've told you. We've if you listen to us, we've told you stop greenlighting these expensive movies that nobody's asking for. Mm-hmm. Cut your TV and shows cut down. down on the blow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. About two episodes. Yeah. And then maybe we could have gotten another season of Warrior Nun. Just saying. I will tell you. I know you. Um, I know you haven't watched it. Uh, the Diplomat was very good, and I believe it was only six episodes, and that has Carrie Russell in it. Okay, where is this one? It's on Netflix. Oh, okay. Um, she, she plays an ambassador, newly appointed ambassador to England, uh-huh. and her husband is a former ambassador. It's uh, Rufus Sewell, mm-hmm. that guy who's just been everywhere, and there the interplay between them is so great. And it's, you know, once again, it's just kind of like one thing happens, everybody's reacting to it, and it tells the story of that, and then that's it. And it's also been renewed for season two. So I think we're going back to that old sort of like, you know, serialized drama with one story. Yeah, the pendulum always swings back and then forth and then back and then forth. Yep. So we're in that. Yeah. And speaking speaking of uh, series that have serialized, kind of closed circuit, it's Mrs. Davis. Oh, my God. Mrs. Davis. Oh, my God. I have read that it's done. Yeah, no, it's done. It's done. Yeah, it's done. This this is, I can already tell you, my show of the year. Like, I, I, I... I challenge somebody to be better than Mrs. Davis because this show came out of nowhere. It was on freaking Peacock. Like, who has Peacock? Like, nobody. We all had to sign up for free trials just to get to to see Mrs. Davis. Like, or you get it from Comcast Internet or something, you know? So it's like, 
this like I I like David Lindelof. I respect him. I know he's done some great work, like the leftovers, stuff like that. I feel like David Lindelof sometimes needs somebody to rein him in. Enter uh his co-writer, I want to get her name right, Tara Hernandez. So he wrote this show with Tara. In fact, she's billed first. So I'm assuming she had a bigger hand in it. Lindelof, when he's reined in or maybe got somebody there telling him to like tie it up a little bit sooner or better, it's just like total perfection. There were no loose ends. Everything wrapped up. It told its story. It told it well. It was freaking hilarious. It was poignant. I love this show. It's like some of the best TV I've ever seen. Like everybody needs to watch. Just please just go watch Mrs. Davis. It's not going to be for everyone. This is a weird show. No. Like you, I mean, weird with a capital W weird. Uh, You got to like the weird. You've got to be like into the Twilight Zone level weird with crazy weird humor. Like everything about it is weird. (laughs) But if I'm intriguing you right now. This is a show for you. <laughs> no, it, ta- it takes a certain type of humor. Um, once again, Margot Martindale, who is in uh, Cocaine Bear, she plays a nun. Oh, it's yeah. such a, like, the whole show is just so weird visually. Oh, my um, God. Just, and I say that from the aspect of, like, she's a nun, and she's dressed in old school nun. Habit. I'm not going to say a costume. Habit. A habit. That's like, right. Yeah. 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 So it just like visually when you see it on Peacock, it's like her on a like a motorcycle and it's just a ridiculous premise. So here's like also- here's like five things about the show. If th- this is it, if this hooks you, yeah. then it, OK. One, crazy AI that makes people um, give up their money Two, her parents are stage magicians in Reno. Three, her mom <laughs> shot her with a crossbow. Four. She's married to Jesus. The actual like an actual the actual, actual Jesus. Jesus. 5 There's a half-naked Australian guy who's not really Australian, but he's half-naked through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, he's really Greek. He's Greek. Yeah. I I don't know if I'll say his last name right. Yeah. Chris Di Diamantopoulos. Oh, yeah. Diamantopoulos? Yeah, he was in the three. He was in the Three Stooges movie a million years ago. Um, I read a story it, that when he tried out for this, he just suddenly decided that this character had to be like crazy Australian. Like I think he said he combined all the Hemsworths into one character, and that's JQR, and that was how he played him. <laughs> and, and everybody was like, "You're in, you're in, do it." <laughs> You didn't even mention Wiley and his mustache. Wiley, oh my god. Everybody was so good in this. Like, I if Betty Gilpin does not win a million awards for this, I will burn something to the ground. Because she is so good. It's ridiculous. And, I mean, did, did you watch Glow? No. No? Okay, so she was in Glow. Um, and she was probably the second build. I would say in that show. And this is a complete flip of, I mean, obviously she's an actress, so she plays different characters, but this is a character that I, like, I can't picture anyone else playing. I know. I don't know who could have pulled it off with the same level of like 
humor, but seriousness. Yeah. And just keep, like playing a straight face yeah. to some of the things that were happening and saying, like be the like the script. Like I don't know how they got this greenlit. I have no idea. Can you imagine pitching this? So let me let me tell you about the whale. Like, (laughs) uh, yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, and we're also gonna have to go to Rome and shoot in the Vatican or near it. I don't know. Maybe they made a set. Let's also do some stuff involving the Pope. (laughs) I don't know. We're gonna deal with the Pope. Yeah, and also, so I can picture, like, oh, so we have, like, David Arquette as her dad. Okay, what is he going to be doing? He'll just be, like, a magician. He'll be in the background. That's all. Is he going to... Yeah, he'll be in the background. And her mom will be, uh, you know, Elizabeth Marvel, who's, like, she's in everything. Mm -hmm. But she played it so well. Like, you felt the mother-daughter interaction, even though it was under ridiculous circumstances. Um, You also got it with Claire and her mother. Yes. Clara, sorry, not Claire. Clara, right? Clara? Hmm. Yeah, and the the whole thing, I mean, okay, first of all, if you are a religious person, you're probably going to take offense to a lot of things uh, that happen in the show. If you are a fallen Catholic like myself. And and myself. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you're gonna you're love going this. You're going to enjoy. Yeah, you're gonna really, really enjoy because it doesn't take anything seriously, but everything is serious at the same time. Um, just don't want to spoil anything. Like, I know. You know. I really want to talk about the cameo at the end with the lady with the voice, but I won't say any more than that because I literally yeah. started screaming out loud when that happened. <laughs> it, so I mean, like you said. There is no, there are no loose ends. No. And everything that happens in every episode has meaning. Mm-hmm. You might not realize it at the time. Even but it is a very, yeah. All the weird guys with their hands on a giant sword. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, it's such a, it's such a clever show. It's oh, such a smart show. Mm-hmm. And as much as I loved it, I do respect the fact that it's only one season. I do too. It's, it's, there's nothing more to tell. No, it's done. It's, it did its thing and it's sad that it's done, but I just feel like I want to see what these two people can do now. Like when the writer's strike is over Mm -hmm. and everybody's getting paid more, what are they going to write next? Cause I want them to write something else. Like I want them to do something else together because this was so good and i just i just want to know what what's next for them you know what i mean like i have such a respect for both of them right now that i just kind of want to see where it goes and i never knew um a lot of these actors in this like were not big on my radar and now are like they will be forever you know what i mean like I'm going to be like years from now, like that's Sister Simone, you know what I mean? That that will be a thing for me because they were so good, you know? So I want to watch it again. Like, I think I will watch it again at some point from the beginning. I've already seen the first couple of episodes multiple times because I was rewatching it with Damien, but it's just, you're going to pick up on stuff. You you stopped and re... Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's so many little things and, I mean, the guy on the deserted island and his cat. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. there's so much. And it's Schrodinger's cat. Yes, it's Schrodinger's it's so cat. so stupid, but it's so funny. Yep. 
Yeah. Oh, man. It's so good. Everybody, please, if this is, like, intriguing you even a little bit, watch Mrs. Davis. Go sign up for the Peacock or free trial and, like, just just plow through it. You can get done in three days. You could do it in three days. Maybe two. I don't know. Um, But don't use the first episode as a barometer because the first episode is, like, crazy on cocaine bear kind of an episode it's like way ratcheted up and then it like it comes back down a little bit for the second episode and that's a lot more indicative of what the whole show is like so watch at least the first two before you make up your mind that's all i have to say and i also wanted to say like a lot of the people who mrs davis speaks through like can we just talk about how cool that is and how they were able to convey what mrs davis was saying while also acting yeah i don't know i don't i don't know how to describe it but like there are certain scenes that you're watching where mrs davis is communicating through a third party and the actors are just so amazing at channeling mrs davis's voice as well as reacting to what mrs davis is saying the best one was the woman in the diner with the baby who said to her yes she was channeling mrs davis and she was like mrs davis says i don't tell people the truth i tell them what they want to hear and she says that out loud and then she stops and she's herself again and she's like whoa that sucks and then she goes back to being mrs davis (laughs) and i thought that was was so brilliant the first the, the for the the first time that I was like whoa was with the teacher the kindergarten teacher yeah um, yeah 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 I mean the sh- the show is just such a cool concept it's so well executed it was enjoyable it was entertaining and it's smart mm-hmm. and I like a smart I like a smart show that is also can be very goofy and yep. dumb and you know and. Let me say this. Wiley's not that bad. Wiley's not bad looking on the eyes. I was nope. like, hey. Hey, you. Yeah. Yeah, I liked Wiley a lot. And I, I liked his ending, the ending of his arc. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really well done. And honestly, it's even though <laughs> even though they're like real weird about religion through the whole thing, the thing that happens at the end religiously is actually super nice and very respectful. So I was like... Huh, they kind of pulled it back there. Like anybody who's super religious is never going to get to that point, but like it does get to a point at the end where you're it, it's it's very kind of sweet and it's about love, you know what I mean? So they they did do some weirdly poignant and serious things amidst this goofy show about AI and whales and the Holy Grail and giant swords and bull riding and falafel and magicians and oh man it's crazy (laughs) (laughs) all right all right so definitely that's the pick of the day 100 percent and we have reached the end the last few months oh my god of the year right so we've reached the end of our reviews but there is one more thing we have to do and the last thing we have to do is our tribute to Lance Reddick. And so I was hoping you would tell me about some of your favorite Lance Reddick memories. And I will tell you about some of mine because I'm really... Oh, and you also wanted to add in a few other people as well for our tribute. Yeah. So that... because like Sadly, we've lost a lot. Yeah. Like all in a row, which was crazy. 
Um, but to do some like last minute memories here of these people that we've lost. So we're going to end with that. You can start with whoever you like. You can start with Lance Reddick or you can start with someone else. I'll leave it up to you. I get, I'll start with Lance Reddick because we'll, we'll go chronologically. I mean, obviously he gained notoriety, um, being the concierge in the John Wick movie, John Wick movies. And it was, um... Do you think The Wire, too, before that? Yeah, I mean, so The Wire, I came to The Wire later. Um, so by the time I saw Lance Reddick in The Wire, he was already Lance Reddick. You know what I mean? Like, so it was like, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I came to it later because like, let's put it the, the the point in time that The Wire was airing. I was too poor. To, to have hbo or whatever it was going by i feel you at that particular yeah but that particular time um i will say that his one performance that that continues to haunt me and is so good comes from the i believe it is the fourth season of american horror story coven oh um he yeah he plays this deity that will take your soul and you have to almost it's almost like a beetlejuice type character okay and his name is papa igbo oh and he is so frightening there's something very graceful about the way he moves it's almost dancer like but you're also dealing with um he looks like a caricature of new orleans witches because he's okay. a male witch i can still close my eyes and see Papa Igbo. Huh. So, and and he just, he appears in that one episode. And it still just made an impression. Yeah, it still made an impression huh. on me. Um, so just, you know, just the versatility mm-hmm. of him. I, I'm not going to spoil, but I know that you think of him um, from from another. From many. It's crazy. Like, the, when I go back through it, I just... It's crazy how often he pops up. Like, obviously, I know him from um, uh, John Wick and then also from Bosch and then also from that terrible Resident Evil. Right, I mean, I I watched that too. And uh, Fringe, oh, gosh, like going all the way back. Um, But I I also want to point out that he was very big into video games. And in fact, he did um, voices for many different games, uh, The two of which stand out for me. One is obviously Zavala from Destiny. Um, so, and there are like, when he passed, there were hordes of people who logged into Destiny and kneeled in front of his character for hours on end, just Aww. sat there. And there's like pictures of them doing it, you know, just just to like, you know, pay tribute to them. And in fact, his wife said he had been playing Destiny the night before he died. So he was all in with that. He loved that character. He loved that series. He loved doing it. And he was like the big hero in Destiny, you know? Like that game will... I mean, they're they're basically going to wind down the game without him. And um, they have asked Nathan Fillion, who was in the game a while ago but backed out, they have asked him to come back to finish it off because they don't have Lance Reddick anymore. And Nathan Fillion was like, I will do it. I will come back and help you wind this down, you know, also in his honor. So, I mean, that's like, that's a real big one for me. 
But then I realized that I had a game that I owned um, that I had never played uh, that he's in and it's called Quantum Break. And so I played it this week and the game is flipping amazing. And if you've never played Quantum Break Ooh. and you are a gamer person, and this, I, I don't remember if you remember this, Alain, but a few years back, my game of the year was a game called Control, which was a shooter slash the X-Files about this house that had all this craziness that went on in it and these objects called the Objects of Power, and they all did weird stuff. And I, I know I talked about it on the pod, I just don't know if you remember it because it was a long time ago, but... Quantum Break is the game that that studio made before Control. I just never played it. And basically what they did was they designed this game in episodes, like Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, Act 4, right? And the choices that you make while you're playing affect episodes of a TV show that air between the acts. And Lance Reddick is in this. And so he's actually in it because he's in the game, but then he's also in the show that plays in between the acts of the game. It's so good. It's so good. I've never played this before. And I was like, I'm just going to dive in. I'm going to do it. Lance Reddick, let's go. It's a time travel game. So it is a mind melting. You play the first act. And then you play the last act and the last act is the first act again, but you went back in time and oh man, I couldn't even begin to start. But it, it like, I almost feel like if you could watch someone play this game, you would love it, Alin, because it's like, you watch the gameplay, the acts are short. Like, I am going to look up real quick, like how long it took me to beat this game, but it was really not that long. It's like, it's like a what? it's like watching Mrs. Davis. It does its thing and then it's out. It took me 12 hours on the dot to beat it. So that's start to finish, including all the episodes of the TV show. So I think if you could watch someone play this, it's I think you would love it. It's so good. And I'm going to tell you everybody who's in it, right? So you play as Sean Ashmore. Your main villains are Lance Reddick, but it's on the cusp of whether or not he's actually a villain because he's something a little bit weird. And Aiden Gillen, which is Littlefinger from um, Game of Thrones. I don't know if you remember. Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And then your brother in um, the show is, I'm going to probably get this last name wrong, but Dominic Monaghan, who was in Lord of the Rings. He was Mary. So there's... He was in Lost. Yes, there's all, yeah, there's all these like, I'm trying to think who else is in it that maybe... I mean, you'd probably know these people more than I would. Like, I know um, there's also this guy who plays this character, Liam, in here, and his name is um, Patrick Housinger. And he was, I want to say, was he Jack Reacher before the guy from The Night Agent took it over? He did something on Amazon Prime. Yes, he was Jack Reacher. He was in Jack Reacher. I don't know if he was Jack Reacher, but he was in Jack Reacher. Um... And he was also in this. And I, you know, I just I just really want to say this was like my favorite, like one of my favorite Lance Reddick moments because I just didn't expect him to like, I expected him to be a video game character, but I didn't expect the TV episodes. I didn't know that it did that. And so I was just like, oh my God, there he is again. And he's so cool again. And I love him again. And I can't believe he's gone. And it was just happy and sad all over again. But anyway, those of you out there who like shooters and you like time travel, 
I would definitely give Quantum Break a try. And guess what? It's on Game Pass. (laughs) (laughs) Game Pass. Yes. How many times have you said Game Pass? And they still haven't given you a free Game Pass. I know. I got to like find a way to send the podcast to Microsoft. Be like, hey, hey, you should hear this. We're talking about Game Pass. It's like, what's up? (laughs) I mention it a lot. Yeah. And it's always really positive. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who else do we need to talk about today? So we're going to talk about, and I I think his death was overshadowed, and we'll Mm. save her. We'll save her for last. Um, Ray Stevenson died. Mm Mm-hmm. And he has been in Thor. He was, uh, I believe he was working on, God, what is the, is it a, a whole, Ashoka? How do you pronounce it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ashoka. Yeah, I think that's right. Ashoka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was currently working on that. He was in RRR, yep, too. Yep. I remember him from RRR. You know where I really remember him yeah. from? Rome. Where? I was just about to say, so Rome is another one that yeah. is listed among. Yeah. I really liked Rome so, a lot. Yeah, it was, it was only on for a couple of years. Yeah, no, they, that, that, something happened to the end of that show where they weren't, able, they weren't able to finish it properly, but it was really, really good. But yeah, it was sad so, to lose him as well. It, um, and I think that the saddest part about it is how young Lance Reddick was only 60 Mm -hmm. and I know for any youngins out there you're like oh 60 is old 60 is not that old Mm -hmm. um in the in the grand scheme of things and even I believe don't make me do math but Ray Stevenson was born in 1964 and died in 2023 so he wasn't even he was 60. also young yeah no 59 so i mean if you say so like i said i can't do math no me neither don't you know. quote me oh, on that he, yeah yeah but he was you know like in the in the grand scheme of things these are these are young men younger men dying yeah um, and and it's sad it is sad. It is sad because they're still working, and mm-hmm. it was, uh, especially with Lance Reddick, it was right before the John Wick uh, premiere. Right. So it's um, it was poignant watching him mm-hmm. in the film. I'm not sure if it is his last performance because they are. There's always, um, you know, there are, there's always things that are kind of like quote unquote in the can i know that, that he has recorded lines for destiny that haven't been released yet so he will still okay. be there for you know the foreseeable future so you kind of have these into you know these individuals like ray stevenson lance reddick who are still working still a part of of pop culture so in our ne- in our next highlight um you have a uh, Still, still very upset about this. Uh, Tina Turner died. At, she died at eighty three. And now, granted, uh, I get you know still being sad, but eighty three, she lived a lot longer. You know what I mean? So right, not that right. she and should die I mean. or anything, she, but but that uh, no, she, she had a she quite the career. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, she lived a life. Um, it 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 is sad. She died peacefully. That's um, good. That's good. That's all we can ever hope for, so, honestly. 
Right. So, like, it, that's what I was just kind of saying. Like, you know, she she was older. She died. It's still sad. She's going to live on through her music. Um, oh, oh, you have to tell me. What is your favorite yeah. Tina Turner song? I mean, my favorite Tina Turner song is What's Love Got to Do With It. Okay. Do you want to um, guess what mine is? What is it? Do you have any guesses? Um... Is it the best? Nope. No. No. Uh, is there? Does she have a bear song? <laughs> you know, you're. I hate to say it. Your brain is working the right way. You're thinking, what is Jamie like? What type of person is she? And how oh, would that equate to a yeah. Tina Turner song? We don't need another hero. Oh my God! You got it. <laughs> I had to, like, I'm like, okay, because I'm, like, scanning my brain. I'm like, she doesn't sing about bears. I'm like, it's not. not but she did do a song from Mad like, Max Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what made me think of it. I was like, it has to be. Mad. I, mean, I, I love that we did not rehearse that, and you literally got it in two. No. <laughs> because I'm like, maybe it's the best, because that used to be HBO or whatever it goes by now. Remember, that used to be the the theme song for HBO is yeah. simply the best television. Um, All I remember no, about she... HBO music was that da na 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 Remember that? Yes. <laughs> it was like, oh, what's the premiere? I'm so excited. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was sad. It wasn't surprising. Um, if you go back and listen to our very first, very first episode, we talk about the Tina documentary on HBO Max Mm -hmm. as it was called at the time. Um, I think the show should be called HBO or whatever your name is, because I've been bringing it up a lot. Um, but we review it, and I think we do a really good job of, of talking about her life and her legacy, and I stand by everything that we said at the time. Um, and, you know, at the time, I did say, like, she wasn't in good health, and this mm -hmm. was... The documentary was a love letter to her fans, and it was a goodbye to her fans. And, mm -hmm. you know, she ended up living another another two years. But when you have, you know, she had she had cancer. She had kidney problems. Like, her husband gave her a kidney. Wow. Yeah, that's love. Right? That's love. Yeah. Um, but just, uh, yeah. Everybody, yeah. I think everyone in some way, shape, or form has experienced tina turner whether it's through mad max everybody knows proud mary mm -hmm. um, her rendition she made it more famous than the original so and that being said everybody has probably experienced lance reddick in one way or another and potentially ray stevenson mm -hmm. as well because these were like really well-traveled people and they were in all kinds of different media and you know different genres so you know, it's sad when we have to say goodbye to the people that, even though we don't know them, they still make us happy, mm -hmm. you know? They they impact us, and, you know, that's that's the legacy, I guess. I mean, none of us know what happens mm -hmm. um, after, but, you know, you hope that you have some sort of impact on someone's life. And I think, you know, the three people that we talked about have all had an impact and every person does but i think it was the one two three punch of yeah. losing everybody so in such quick succession and we're yeah. only we're only in june and we're, right you know so but we will continue to talk about them yeah we will continue to watch their movies recommend their music and just um you know i just hope that you know 50 years from now someone's talking about me 
Yes, this podcast right? shall live on yes. in infamy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we did it. Yeah, wait, wait. Uh, I'm going to do another one. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. So two hours and 14 minutes. Eat that, Allison. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Seriously, I don't want to hear it. You yeah. don't want to hear it. I know. You <laughs> can listen to it in sections, chunks, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. So we have made it. Thank you for our, uh, thank you to our six listeners. We really do appreciate you and hope that you will not unsubscribe. I promise we will be back. Yeah. Just things happened. Yeah. I got bronchitis. What do you want me to do, man? Like, you know? Anyway. No, yeah, it, like we both, we both work full-time jobs. I know. Microsoft, you know, yeah, you know, if you wanted to pay us, I'll talk about Game Pass a heck of a lot more. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's then there's just like life. Life things happen. Like, oh yeah, life is hard. It's really Doing hard. Adult things oh like laundry God. and cleaning, and you it's... did it like shopping. Like why do why do I need to eat? I know. You know that's like I take time out of my day to go grocery. It's just it's life terrible. gets busy. Yeah, life gets yeah. busy. All right. So we apologize. We we are still here. We're back. Yep. We're gonna try to not make it three months between yep. our next episodes yep so yes and in order to like sort of jumpstart us in the right direction i will suggest that everyone go on apple tv and watch maybe potentially some ted lasso we could talk about that uh also very interested yes. in silo also on apple tv so you know if you want some homework get yourself going those are two shows that i would you know potentially maybe get into probably do some john wick you know that kind of thing and um, mm-hmm. as always, thank you and, for listening. Uh, yes. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm also I'm also scheduled to watch the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh yeah! Um, All so... right, that's another thing that I'm saving my Redbox coupons for, so that I can watch the Super Mario movie because I know that's okay. coming out on Redbox soon. So I'll be doing that one too. So there you go. We've got our whole show, next show, ready and waiting for us. We just gotta watch it all. <laughs> that's right. Right. And I will close it out today by thanking everyone one more time, and I will close it out with some crickets, okay? Thank you, Alin. Thank you, Jamie.